1: Everybody. Welcome to Elder Scrolls Off the Record for episode number 69. We are back for another episode. I am Joe the Widget Wilson, and I am joined by the lawfully lion-hearted Yvairwin.
0: Hey, what's up? Glad to be here. Welcome, chat room. All right, ready to do another awesome episode. Let's do it. We are joined as, well, he's back this
1: week, the lightly learned Lewis Alon.
2: Hello, Joe. Thank you, sir intro hello Ivarwin what's up everyone in the chat room missed you all
1: we are back Lou is back yeah. we can do this a lore segment yay yay glad to be back Oof. <laughs> no idea ah no, no, I, no I don't <laughs> you have to even fill me in sometime and joining us as always is the lovely lowlife David D. Adams <laughs> that's very applicable <laughs> It's good. I, love you, I buddy. just
3: want to say, uh, hello everybody this week. Hello, Joe. Hello, Barwin. Hello, Lou. It's so good to have you back. You're so much better than the next person about to be announced.
1: <laughs> and lastly, we are joined by the leading lady, Shank the Tank.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> so good to be back on, and, uh, lore master on Ice, Mr. Lou... <laughs> glad. glad. Yeah, what's up, guys? Alright, Dotfire. Go
1: back to your hole. <laughs> Alright, we have some sponsors to get into, Mr. Evarwin.
0: Yeah, this show is sponsored in part by Guild Launch, GuildLaunch.com. Head over there for some awesome web space. If you're looking to build a brand new guild or community and get it off the ground, get your free site at guildlaunch, guildlaunch.com, and also by TweetAudio.com. For quality earbuds, worldwide free shipping, and unbeatable customer service with a lifetime warranty, you'll need our code. Here it is. You ready? Write this down. Off the record. You just saved yourself 30% off your order, and you just got free worldwide shipping and amazing customer service with a lifetime warranty. All at tweakedaudio.com. Enjoy those earbuds. And today's show was made awesome! by Paul W., an assassin bounty hunter for hire, who says look for Blaze on the current official forums. We thank you
1: for your sponsorship. Did I miss Guild Launch? You said Guild Did you Launch, them?
0: Right? I don't think you missed them. Oh. I'm, I'm losing it here. I think they've been right there.
5: They're Waving right hi at you.
0: Hi, oh, we're good Hi guys. Come, come to us at good lunch. Free sights at good lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, something quick to mention, Mr. Varwin. And my underwear is soiled, but that's not what we wanted to mention. The official Skyrim Legendary <laughs> Collector's Edition guide by Prima is now available on Amazon.com in paperback for twenty-one dollars and hardcover, giggity, for thirty-two dollars. Head over to—it's uh, got uh, over eleven hundred pages. Uh, it's updated for all DLC, including. Uh, it's got an all-inclusive twenty-four-inch poster of Alduin's Wall two-sided map with a, another poster in there um, it's signed by with uh, Bethesda executives it's crazy it's got like a cloth ribbon on there for a bookmark it's more like a tome than anything else so it's on amazon.com it's uh, 21 bucks for the paperback 32 dollars for the hardcover I'm getting this thing it's, it's freaking legit
5: <laughs> but
0: wait there's more <laughs> but wait there's more
1: that is so, legit
0: yeah if you're a huge Skyrim fan this is a must-have
1: all right, guys, we're going to open up with a video today. This was an interview from with Paul Sage, and it shows a little bit of uh, a fun stuff. One of the things is this is the audio version you're not going to see is basically the first-person perspective that they show off in this video, in gameplay. And I know it has uh, Shank wetting himself. <laughs> so let's uh, play this video and hear what Mr. Paul has to say.
6: So Elder Scrolls Online is a massively multiplayer online role-playing game. It's the first time that you're able to play an Elder Scrolls game uh, with your friends. So if you played Oblivion or Skyrim in the past, uh, now with Elder Scrolls Online you can play with your friends. When we started uh, developing Elder Scrolls Online, one of the things we did was we had two columns, and we kind of wrote down, like, okay, here's what uh, we like as an Elder Scrolls game, and here's what we like in MMOs. For instance, we want to make, you know, combat more like Skyrim, so we want to make it more involved, you know, active blocking, active, uh, you know, sword swing, or, you know, firing off uh, spells. So that was really important to us, is getting, you know, just just the right amount of those features together to create, you know, its own unique experience in a fun game. One of the tough calls in creating Elder Scrolls Online um, was looking at how do you make the world balanced for, you know, so many players that are online at the same time? Because, you know, in a single player game, it's a slightly different balancing problem. Um, And so we had to make sure that the game had levels and that we couldn't just allow you to explore everywhere because that would mean there was, you know, very little progression in the game. And we wanted to have progression be something you really felt. Uh, But we wanted to have just enough space to where you still felt like you could explore regardless of your level. So that was probably one of the hardest things we had to overcome was getting that... uh, feeling of progression in the game while still allowing players to explore a lot of space.
1: I want to stop it really quick right here because this is a talking point I want to get into and that's the whole exploring versus MMO issues debate that's been going on regarding Elder Scrolls. Um, One of the big things in Elder Scrolls games that we all know about is the freedom of exploration. Now seeing this as an MMO they are limited on how much free exploring they really can do Versus, you know, for the MMO style of progression, and this is where my de- debate wants to go into, and I want to hear what you guys think of what he just said, really quick. Um, I'm going to go with our middleman, Mr. Evarwyn.
0: Well, I don't know, really know what you're trying to get at. I mean, the fact is, is that uh, it's Elder Scrolls, and every single MMO does try to add in a a bit of exploration, one way or the other. Um, I've been recently getting back into Rift a lot. And uh, one way that Rift does it is by simply just adding a tremendous amount of detail to a lot of areas in the game or that are not necessarily, I guess, uh, places that you need to go to. Um, but that's not really exploration, to be quite honest. It's just, you know, interesting detail. Elder Scrolls needs to, you know, Elder Scrolls Online needs to, to ramp it up in the MMO space. You know, you see what it's like in Skyrim, Oblivion, and Morrowind, and they need to put in as much of that as they possibly can.
1: Yeah, I think you hit exactly what I was trying to get at with that. Is the fact that they have like the, the the age-old conundrum of a single-player game porting to an MMO, especially a, a single-player game that's as open as as normal Elder Scrolls games are, and that complete open environment. I gotta be honest, I don't see that happening in an MMO. Um, I don't see how it'd be possible when you're looking at a, um, a massive scale with you know literally thousands of people playing in that world. Um and still allowing for, you know, standard progression. Because the progression system works differently in MMO than it
3: does in a single-player game. Um, Dave, what are your thoughts on that? <clears throat> Honestly, I'm, I'm... You know, I come from the, the lot that's very much more into MMOs than Elder Scrolls, but at this point, I've played so many MMOs that have areas that are cut uh, cut into pieces, basically. Here's your first five levels... Get those five levels, move to the next one. Get those five levels, move to the next one. Honestly, from what I played at PAX and from what I'm hearing now, it's going to be a lot more fluid in how you advance, more along the lines of you go out, explore, find your quests, and all together they'll bring you up to the point where you can continue progressing. Now that's a very hard thing to do when you figure... We're not going to keep the player in a tight line like most MMOs do. When you let them go freeform, things are going to get a little weird. So they had to find that sweet spot between just letting people not worry about levels and putting levels in there that actually have to do with where you can go, where you can advance. I'm sure at some point you're going to hit a brick wall just because you've missed some weird quest that you didn't go explore for. I'm hoping it isn't you missed one quest, you didn't get one level, you're not going to be able to get into this new next area. I hope it's more along the lines of, man, I really don't like going into that bog, so I'm going to put more effort going out in into this desert, and by putting effort out there, I'm going to advance my character to be able to move into the next area. All right. I really hope that makes sense. <laughs> Both of you
4: made valid arguments and good points there. Um, Shank. I mean, I, you guys, everybody in the internet by now knows I've never, ever played an MMO. Um, but from watching this video, and um, there's a few other inter- interviews with him floating around about this, um, so I encourage everyone to watch it. Um, I mean, you know my play style, guys. I, I explore, walk in a direction, and just aimlessly wander and accomplish nothing. From what it, it sounds like here... And um, you know, I've talked to you guys, you MMO pros, um, uh, my fellow hosts here, about you know h- how this kind of exploration bit works in normal MMOs, and th- the fact—I mean, he when he said, you know, we we made two columns. What's in it? What what can we do for MMOs, and how do we like also do stuff for the Elder Scrolls guys? And I think they're going to be walking a very very fine line balance here that. Honestly, I'm not worried about at all regarding the exploration and the freedom of exploration because I do understand concessions must be made because, yes, this is an Elder Scrolls game, but it's also an MMO. So I'm prepared for that concession, and the fact that it takes place in freaking Tamriel, let's just say that I think there's going to be a lot more exploration um, than I think there will be considering it's, you know, one alliance is going to take uh, be covering three provinces, so... Spark Notes version, I'm, I'm not too worried. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Lou.
2: Well, as everyone, as you all pointed out already, yes, they are going to walk that fine line, and it's not going to be perfect. And I think what people have to do is not get their hopes up so high or be so focused on one thing or the other, whether it's total exploration, total freedom, or total theme park. Okay, they're, they have a hard job in front of them trying to combine the best of both elements. All right, the, the elements we love in Elder Scrolls and the elements we love in the MMOs. And as Shang said, yes, concessions have to be made to allow for that. I mean, he said it himself, for so a player can feel and see and track their progression. But also keep the Elder Scrolls' flavor into the game by allowing them to, to move about freely. I mean, granted, what we saw in, in PAX East, I mean, the first... levels i I played through okay yeah i will admit i felt as if my hand was being held okay i don't like that um but i also understand that they're also trying to appeal to new players who never played mmos before you know i.e shank so that's kind of necessary to help bring them into the fold but in the end it's a fine act they've they have to keep constantly at it because if they keep going in terms of releasing future content dlc expansions you know, all that has to be taken into account, and it's not going to be an easy job, and I think we have to allow for that. Mm. My not biggest, get carried away.
1: Yeah, exactly. My biggest concern was with people who are L-Scrolls-only players who've never played a before, getting it in, you know, that, that set, you know, requirements in their mind that, well, I, I should be able to freely explore and everything's going to level up with me. I don't want them to go into the L-Scrolls Online and get instantly, you know, discouraged from that and quit playing an, an amazing game uh shank I think you, there's a limitations of how much you're going to be able to explore. I think that one point you're going to hit that wall if you're trying to be level 5 and explore everything you can find, you're going to eventually get to an area where a wolf looks at you and you fall over dead.
4: Oh yeah, and I mean <clears throat> that I see that <laughs> in in Oblivion and Skyrim anyway. There are enemies that I can't defeat so I have to turn back. But I think with this game, just because of the nature of it, I think the that that sort of natural limit uh, that they have there, I think it'll be further out than I think it than you know what I'm expecting and what I think New nor uh, Elder Scrolls uh, veterans are expecting as well. Oh, totally. Well,
0: there's there's ways of of making a game space feel larger than it actually is. You don't necessarily have to have this this huge sprawling area, you know that that has that that's in one game space. And have a giant, and that, and just explore that. You can you can do a lot of things where, for example, um, you have a lot of instances locked in one area. So you you run around, you see a tower, you walk inside, and and you open up the door, and and you're instanced out into the inside of that tower. You walk back out, and you're you're still still in the same area, but you've you've felt like you've explored you know, deep down underground and, and through a basement and all that, and you pop back up in the same place.
4: And you know what? To your point, that's honestly, I understand like, that the instance mechanic is, is obviously not prevalent in Skyrim and Oblivion. But the fact that, you know, you, you, in, you, in these single-player games, you go up to a tower like you just said of Arwen, you open it up, and what happens? You load, you, you literally load into that space. So from, like, the gameplay perspective, I don't think it's going to feel any different, even though behind the scenes it's completely different what's going on.
0: There's, there's a lot of little tricks that, mm-hmm. that Zoss can do to make mm-hmm. the game feel much, much larger than it physically is on, in their game space. Hmm. I, I mean, I completely agree. <laughs> I think also, another thing is to make sure that things aren't quite so linear, you know, mm-hmm. if uh, you don't yeah. necessarily have to get... That's my worry quest a and go to you know get quest b and then quest c and then c and, you know, and then d and you know if you have a lot of a lot of quests uh you know and a lot of lot of starter areas for those quests they you know you're not necessarily doing the same quests at the same level over and over and over again
1: that's another way i think it's absolutely essential to hit that fine line all right, gentlemen. Any last things before I go on to the rest of this video without com- stopping for stupid points?
6: <laughs>
1: no. All right, <laughs> we're continuing.
6: For me, Elder Scrolls action uh, starts off with we want to immerse you in the world. So when you play Elder Scrolls Online, probably one of the first things you're going to see is that we don't have a lot of you know UI in the screen. You know, they, they kind of just disappears until you get into combat and then we have, you know, a short strip of uh, a, a shortcut bar. But it's not really about playing your shortcut bar, that's just an easy way for you to pick your spells and fire them off while still being able to, you know, swing your sword or use your staff. And again, one of the other things that's important about combat is if you're looking in the world and you don't have a lot of uh, interface elements up, you can tell what monsters are doing. So we can make our monsters give you tells and, you know, you can really see what they're doing. So for instance, if a monster is charging up an attack, you know, that that's time to block and all of that kind of combines into making it really feel very action-oriented and reactive. When we started out um, kind of looking at how we wanted to do quests, One of the things we didn't want to do is we didn't want to put people on rails. We didn't want to have you, you know, just go quest after quest after quest after quest. We wanted to make sure that you could explore, you know, as I mentioned before. If you're on a quest, for instance, and you see this other point of interest, like say it's a cave entrance or it's a dungeon entrance, maybe you're just like, oh, I'm going to go over there and explore instead of doing what I'm doing with this quest. The whole idea is to engage the player in exploration, but still give them context for what's going on in the world. So quests kind of provide the context, and then these points of interest kind of provide the exploration opportunities. You might find things like chess, you might things find things to do like go fishing. The whole idea is to encourage this exploration amongst our players. When you think about what makes you feel special in real life, it's it's your interactions with people, it's, it's the way you change the world. And so we use lots of different tricks on changing the world. So, uh, for instance, if I make a choice uh, that's different from my friend, you know, Ted's choice or something of that nature, then my friend, um, you know, might've experienced something different with this NPC than I experienced with this NPC. That NPC might treat me different. You know, that's a very small thing, uh, that kind of starts going, uh, to where you see and you feel special, but to kind of blend lots of larger elements, like how the world looks, um, is one of the things that we change. We change what you're seeing in the world. Um, we change the, whether you see certain NPCs or how certain NPCs look, and all of those things kind of combine to make sure that your choices, your decisions in the world are really seen by you. But it's not just that. So there's other things like we have a main quest, and your main quest is something that you do solo. Um, and in the world you have Moloch Ball who steals your soul. So you kind of have to go get that back on your own. Now there are NPC companions that go with you when you're doing this. but. That really makes you feel special to kind of get that you know special treatment. It's a, it's almost a single-player experience, if you will, uh, going through that main quest. So we try to make sure that um, our instancing for players is something we really handle smartly. Um, what that means is that. We don't want to separate our player base too much, but for the main quest, that is something that's uh, instance out so we can uh, change the world in ways that make you feel special. Um, but we also have uh, what we internally call layering uh, that allows you on the outside world to see different uh, outcomes to different quests and different choices that way. Um, we also have dungeons. Um, we have instance dungeons that you can go into with like groups of four. Um, and we'll have uh, our ABA, which is all of this. Uh, part where Oblivion took place, called Cyrodil. and in Cyrodiil, um, uh, that's the Alliance War taking place. That's PvP taking place, and so that's a huge battle that's ongoing. That's just you know thousands of players in that area all at once uh, fighting for control of keeps um, and trying to get Elder Scrolls. So once you reach level 50 in what we call you know, PvE, or player versus environment, uh, versus PvP, um, you actually can go and play a different alliance um, with that same character. So then from there, it's uh, it's all still level 50, but it starts to get harder and harder and harder. And then as you finish that second alliance, you go on to a third alliance. And that third alliance is even harder. Um, for large group PvE, we have what we're calling Adventure Zones. And we haven't really revealed a lot of the details on Adventure Zones yet. Uh, but we definitely want to make sure that there's something there for those larger groups to do. For smaller groups, like say a group of four, we have what we call Master Dungeons. So after you've completed uh, a dungeon run the first time with your friends, uh, once you get to level 50, you're able to do part two of, of certain dungeons, uh, which is really cool because it's, a, it's like a continuation of that story. It opens up new places in that dungeon, uh, and that's really fun. And then, of course, there's the Alliance War that I mentioned earlier. When we start out in the game, we have three alliances. So we have the Daggerfall Covenant Alliance, which is um, Bretons, Red Garden, Orcs. We have the uh, Aldmeri Dominion, which is um, the uh, High Elves or the Altmer, the Bosmer and the Khajiit. And then we have the uh, Ebonheart Pact. And the Ebonheart Pact has the Dark Elves or the Dunmer. Um, It also has Argonians and it has the Nords. Um, you know, and if you played Skyrim, you're probably pretty familiar with uh, the Nords. So those three alliances are vying for control of uh, the Emperor because the Empire uh, has fallen during our time period. And so that's what kind of sets up the war element that's taking place in Cyrodiil, is those three alliances fighting for control of the empire and fighting for who's going to be Emperor. And a player can actually be crowned Emperor. You know, I think, one of the things that'll really make us stand out um, is the level of immersion and the level of exploration you'll get. Um, I also think you know I'm super excited about the alliance war uh, because uh, I really like PvP, um, and I think that taking uh, sieges or sorry, rather sieging keeps, is huge. Um, it's it's one of those fun things to do because you have like you know catapults firing, you have trebuchets going off, and you have a lot of people who are you know all in the same place. And we support um, 200 players on screen at the same time. And so that's something that's huge. I mean, you get to see these huge battles taking place for these keeps, and that's terrific. Um, And, you know, those battles aren't just, you know, something that just affects like a little uh, area. It it can actually affect uh, globally uh, anybody who's a member of your Alliance and a member of that campaign. So uh, I'm pretty excited about our Alliance War. I think that's going to be a standout feature for us. One of the things is our game right now is in closed beta. Um, So if you haven't already, you should go sign up for our beta and for those people who have signed up for beta uh, We've had a tremendous response. So, you know, please bear with us We are doing it in stages and hopefully we'll get to you and get you in the beta. Uh, So the game right now is uh, scheduled for release for uh, PC and uh, Mac And
1: there you go uh, there was another couple of key points that were in there that I, I I liked, and to me it kind of sounded at one point that he was saying that questing is kind of a way to point players in the correct direction for exploration.
0: I think I would agree with that. From what from what we've seen, you know, and have played in the the, the couple of play sessions that we've had early in the year and late last year, I think that's definitely been our experience, Joe. Yeah, definitely.
1: Uh, any guys, you guys have any, uh, points you want to discuss regarding that video?
4: Whether it be the sexy first person, anything else? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Dave, you want to go? You- no, no, I'm just waiting for you to say something, that way I can kick you from the group. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, a
5: slash Y.
4: Um... A few uh, quick points, Joe, if I may. Um, one, when I first saw this video, and he was in the first person perspective, there were several moments, several uh, non combat moments. I should be, I should clarify that, where he was walking around town and just uh, there was a there was a scene of him literally just picking up loaves of bread for a split second and i'm not exaggerating or making this up guys like this is genuinely i genuinely thought what i was looking at was oblivion and skyrim because of the way that it looked of him just walking up to the door hitting that button and he walks in he picks up the bread just like in the single player games and the fact that it tricked me for that split second that it was you know one of the single player games huge i think that's huge yeah um Next quick point. I loved the fact that unlike the uh the uh, single player games now, there was a moment in there where he was looking at a chest and he picked the lock and he opened the chest. And if you notice it was very quick, but you could see his hands opening the chest. Yes. Now yeah, this was like the point where I squeed a second time. <laughs> because that that just adds to another level of immersion, which I think is just I mean, you can tell these guys really really worked on their first person perspective. And I think from this from this clip, this this long video that you know we saw about this perspective, they have I in my eyes just from this, it looks like they've gone above and beyond what um, you know, veterans like single player veterans like myself were, you know, clamoring for. And I said this a long time ago, but when they announced True First Person Perspective, that was the one thing that convinced me of this game. And after seeing this, in my opinion, this video cements that, just totally, you know, sets that in stone for me, and is also, in my opinion, the single most important video regarding ESO that I've seen. So I tip my hat to Zos because it was it was complete it was pure brilliance. I, I loved it.
0: I think the big takeaway on on this video is uh, is the the few shots that they have of the the first person perspective with the animated hands and uh, and weapons in it. Um, a lot of what Paul Sage says is stuff that we've all heard before. Um, there's a couple of good points in here that, you know, we can all debate together as a community. Uh, you know, Joe, I think you highlighted that pretty well, but like I said, the big takeaway on this is, Hey, guess what? We've got some footage of what it's going to look like. And, and Shank, I agree with you. A, it's, it's one of the, one of the biggest things that they can nail to make this an elder scrolls game. And, and B, I think they nailed it. Oh yeah. Can I,
3: uh, throw a wrench in it? Yeah, go ahead, Dave. Um, I agree that this is very, very good for single player immersion. Looking at this, it is very constrained on self awareness, especially if you're gonna be in a big fight with other people that you need to be aware of.
1: That's Dave, you're talking just as I was feeling this I'm a I'm a combat perfectionist and an MMO veteran. I, I'm not gonna be able to play in third
3: and first person. It's gonna have to all be third person well, for me. I. That's exactly it. When Even when I play the single player games, if I'm in combat, I'm in third person. If I'm in single player, like actually just doing stuff, like opening a chest, playing with bread, anything like that. If I'm in town, I'm in first person.
4: May I make one? Between. I'm sorry, Dave. So I'm sorry. No, go ahead um may i just make one really quick point um i completely agree that third person you get far more perspective but and this is not a complete uh compromise either but there was a short um instance in that video i can't remember the time step show but there was a short instance in there where he got hit and on the screen above his reticle you could actually see a damage indicator that doesn't show you the direction of where he was receiving hey, damage you know- and i I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, it doesn't. It, here's the thing. All right, Dave, this isn't
0: a wrench in the works. Okay. It's, it's cool that, that you feel that way. But what's nice to know is if that people who disagree with you have a play style that supports what they want. So there's nothing wrong with choice. The, no. big, t- the big thing is that the choice is there. I think what we're all highlighting here is that we have that choice. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what's mm-hmm. important. Not that not that first person's better than third person, well, or vice the, versa. It's just
1: the whole same thing I, yeah. as, as PlayStation versus Xbox. I mean, we're all gamers. We all love playing games. It's the same concept. Someone's going to have their own particular choice when it comes to their, their play style. But the fact that we all have that choice to play the play style that we want right. is a
0: good thing. That's important.
3: I just, you know, what's one thing that I, I I noticed from another game I play? I play Minecraft, and you can actually change your field of view, where you can bow it out a little bit and see a little bit what's on your your sides of your characters by messing with your field of view. Yeah, it's kind of funky to get used to, but if you want to play like that, you get used to it pretty quickly. I would like to see something like that come in here for the first person because honestly, it's very constrained. But if they put in a a, it, it's like a fisheye kind of look where you see a little bit of what's on your periphery, even when you're in first mirror. person. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> Dave wants a rearview mirror attached to his helmet.
3: Yes. <laughs> I just I feel that yes, it's going to be very pleasing for those who wanted the first person. I would find it a lot more useful if they added in a field of view. Way to, to give me more periphery, even while in first person. Well, you know, uh-huh. then you
0: don't, you, don't have to, you don't have to use the first person. You know, you can always use third person, which is, as MMO veterans, and I think everyone yeah, here is I'm, with the exception I'd of be Shane. i used
3: to it. <laughs> I would.
0: We, yeah. It's just... It's all right, Dave. You can you can hey, hey, down from your. Hey, everybody you really has to, to be on to be, that soapbox right now. Everybody like,
3: else gets to be nitpicky about everything. I'm finally giving in to allowing the first person and not kicking Shank. Let me be picky about
4: it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. No, okay. Dave, I actually agree. Like having a field of view slider would be baller. You still nitpick suck. that,
1: huh? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Any last things before we move on, guys?
2: Yeah, uh, I just wanted to point out, you know, Red Nog 88, you know, I think sums it up perfectly. Options, 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 you know, for the win. Okay, you've heard, you know, we've all heard the discussion between the first person, third person. Okay, we've all heard the intelligent debate. In the end, though, the fact that Zoss is giving us all those options to play with is a win for everybody. Okay, it's something I, I find disturbing on, on a lot of the forums for this game in terms of where, one camp just won't see the viewpoint of the other. <laughs> literally. <laughs> and, you <laughs> know, <laughs> the fact that Zoss is trying to accommodate both playstyles, and as we've seen in this video, they're doing a hell of a job of it, okay? And as Varwin uh, and Dave pointed out, you know, people will adapt. You know, it's going to be rough. It's not going to be easy, but you know what? People, gamers, will find a way to adapt and make it work. And the fact that we're, you know, there are... Other players out there not willing to give that chance to see if it will work. Okay, if it doesn't, it doesn't. If it does, it does. Well, you know, there's
5: Lou.
0: There's nothing to adapt because you can go into third person, you can go into first person uh, or third. Well, you know, it, it doesn't matter, third or first. There's nothing right. to adapt to.
2: Right, it, it, but here's the the thing, you, you, know, want. you know, you ha- you, ha- no, you have those players who adamantly refuse to adapt if they know they're having a problem.
0: Well, you got whiners in every crowd. You know, <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly. There are whiners in both camps. But the thing is, neither is willing to compromise. And and I think that's what we need to get over, is the fact that let's be happy with the fact that we have the options available to us. And let's all work together to make it work. Because in the end, to it's just content, we have to work together.
1: So um, we're going to go into some emails. And the first email is from S. Swarly. Swarly. Uh, Lou, I want you, if you don't mind, to read this one,
2: please. Sure thing. Let me scroll down to it. And as Joe mentioned, the first email is from Swarly. Hope we're pronouncing that correctly. And Swarly writes in, Howdy! Howdy. According to the lore, a Khajiit's final form it grows into is dictated by the phase of the moon that it is born under. One form is said to be large and serve as a mount like a horse. Do you think Khajiit mounts will be available in game to members of the Aldenburg (laughs) Dominion? Shadow hide you, (laughs) Swarly.
1: Uh, maybe not Almeri Dominion, but maybe Daggerfall.
2: <laughs> I mean, if there are Khajiit swirly in Almeri Dominion, they're probably slaves or prisoners. That's the, the
3: point! They're slave Khajiit horses! Well, Mere
2: Mere Dominion, is the best
3: idea ever! Well,
1: Almeri Dominion Mere is Khajiit. You use Khajiit like,
2: uh, you know, uh, He-Man's cat. <laughs>
1: now, can you imagine my, my Khajiit Dragon Knight riding
4: on a Khajiit mount? Exactly! That's two I poops would, for one sand. I would ride my Khajiit mount into Black Marsh and just, like, totally cavalry that, dude.
0: <laughs> cavalry that. Where do you come off with <laughs> of this stuff, Shank? I, I was exactly I, wearing I, the I same thing know. myself. I have no idea, Shank. And then once I'm, I'm done cavalrying that, I'm going to get up on that hill sitting bull style and be
3: like, What? What? <laughs> dude. You I, know. I actually, uh, I read up about this the other day about how Khajiits when they're, when they're born matters, which under the, which moon they'll turn into like a tiger or a, a you know, crazy big lion looking ones like an Impala. Yeah. Or and a
5: tabby. Just
3: like, it makes me, I, my mind always goes to uh, dragon ball Z. Like you don't even <gasps> know. form And then just <laughs> transforming into a lion. It's like, that's awesome. <laughs> I just I hope they let the players do that because I totally want to have a lion Khajiit now
1: only if they have bad voiceover dubbing
3: I do <laughs> because he has to be he like he starts talking and then like two seconds later he goes roar <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. I, I don't see it as a as a mount I see it as as a bad quest in the game, you know that quest that you always get like you know oh. The, the woods are turning against us. We have to save nature. <laughs> kill all the infected swine.
4: <laughs> you mean the movie Fern Gully? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, yeah. I see that happening. Like, some, some like, ancient Khajiit's like, you know, uh, you know. I need you to go out there and kill all of the uh, kajit that are on four paws. We do not use four paws. We use two paws
2: for a reason. <laughs> kill them all. And bring me back their paws. Four <laughs> paws good. Two paws better. Two paws better. Bye. Every,
3: <laughs> every time you kill one of the the Khajiit with four paws, it doesn't even drop one, as if it never had a paw to begin with.
1: Yeah. Right. Well, the same way, Dave. <laughs> do you really want to sit there and have fill up your bags with eyeballs, intestines, hearts, livers, lungs?
3: Emphatically.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. I. Do. Someone's got to make kajit haggis. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Get that stomach. <laughs>
3: At least uh, Khajiit have a use on like Argonians.
1: Yes. No, they have a great use. They make fantastic purses. And throw pillows. <laughs> uh so Ivarwin, this number this point number two here, I'm gonna let you leave this one because I really don't know what I'm getting at? Yeah. Yeah.
5: yeah. So <laughs> here here's a <laughs>
0: Put it bluntly. <laughs> just, just, just so the the listeners know like exactly what we're looking at here on the notes. It literally says point number 2 in big bold letters, you can get excited about this. And there's like, you know, four different bullet points here. <laughs> um basically what's been going on this week is is a lot of like disjointed news about ESO coming out from all of like the the major news gaming news networks. And um, I think, you know, uh, there's there's some things that are kind of interesting to to make note of, um, and then other things that that tend to be their their huge platform of discussion that they've been coming out with this week are not necessarily things we haven't heard of or or, or things that are just brand new to us. So. Here's, here's, a couple of, here's four points that I think all of us should take away from the news that's been coming out this week about Elder Scrolls Online. Number one, <laughs> danger quests have been confirmed in ESO by a bunch of different gaming news outlets. Uh, now, now, Joe, I, I know what you're thinking, and I, I can say that we, we, uh, we, did, we did play this. Um, during PAX East, near um, near Daggerfall, the uh, the the Daedric quest that they talk about, right outside the city. Yeah, yeah, you played that, right? You played that quest. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, that's something that we, that we can talk about on the show. I actually got confirmation uh, by Jess on that one, and um, you know what you what you hear about around the internet regarding this this particular quest, which is called the Bad Man. Is is absolutely right. You know, Joe and I played this quest and it's 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 fantastic. I think this quest almost single handedly sold me on the game due to Bad, the potential. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Just, oh my you know, I mean, there it is. Um, another thing is uh solving a murder quest is confirmed this week <laughs> as well in in, uh, in ESO. And that's a very Elder Scrolls thing to have, a, a murder mystery quest in the game. Um, certainly Skyrim had one. You know, uh, Shank, I mean you can confirm what that, that Oblivion did have one, right? I haven't played it though.
4: Yep. Actually Skyrim
0: had two, I believe.
2: Ho-ho. The only one I Double remember
1: one. I was in uh uh Milk Drinker City.
2: Yes, the the okay. one in, in, in Winhelm. Mm-hmm. And that one I remember
1: dominantly because the- that was extensive. I know what it's called. I like calling it Milk Drinker City, okay? <laughs> Don't judge me. <laughs>
0: That's the only one I remember, wow. though. Uh, so then, so then, there's there's that, which is ex- you know definitely stuff to get excited about. Also, um, like and like we had said earlier, first few images of the first person perspective with the animated weapons and arms have have emerged this week, and
3: that's and a huge thing to get excited sexy. about. <laughs>
1: Even for someone like me who does not kind of play in first person perspective, it's still very sexy.
4: Yeah, I see I see Joe nodding his head there in the live cast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> look, for those of you who do who don't get excited about that sort of thing, look at it this way. All right? If you uh if if you enjoy the forums, look at it this way. At least you don't have people like myself and Shank whining on the forums anymore that is not in the game. <laughs>
4: yes, exactly. Yes. Instead, we whine to millions of you internet people. <laughs> but now That's we right. can stop cuz it's I mean it's sick, man. Yes, you can stop. Or maybe I'll keep continuing for a <laughs> Uh here's
0: here's the the next one. Now, I got very excited when I heard this because th- coming out of hardcore professional news gaming outlets for them to say Zoss may have the next big thing on their hands. Yeah, I've heard that this week.
3: I, I yeah. read that article.
0: Yeah. Same I saw on a yeah. video, Dave. So it's it's getting hit in multiple areas. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's, that's why I'm not citing one particular <clears throat> place. And that's what's exciting. If it was just the video, all right, maybe they're just fanboys. But no, you've also read it in articles as well. Mm-hmm. So it's more than just one outlet saying this. If more than one outlet is saying this, this is something to really get excited about because that's not done easily. These are generally very conservative, and some some of them are just downright nasty when oh, it comes yeah. to games.
1: There's, mm-hmm. um, I believe, one of the videos I saw that that stated this very thing was ones that when they were they got a hands-on and they were talking about the danger quests, the yeah. uh, the bad quest that we played. Mm-hmm. I loved that quest;
4: it was so well done. Yeah, it and, dripped Elder Scrolls. And Ivar, when you can, do, you mind if I make a quick point on this uh, this one? Yeah. Um The fact that, uh, you know, like, yes, yes, multiple outlets have said that this might be the next big thing on their hands. You all know I don't play MMOs. But the fact that these outlets who have played other MMOs and are familiar with current MMO mechanics and gameplay, the fact that they're saying that this is a big thing and the fact that we've seen all this material come out, uh, especially with this latest video and all this, you know, interaction and engagement from Zoss this is this is huge. this is this is really, really, really big, because the fact that they have someone like me, a single player uh, purist, I guess I would call myself, or a veteran, the fact that they have someone like me excited about this, I think I would have to I mean that's perfectly you know logical that yes, this could be the next big thing. this could be the MMO. That starts to see that you know beautiful balance between massively multiplayer and single player, and walks that line and sets the trend for future games. I don't know if uh, you guys agree or disagree with that, but that's just my thoughts. I,
0: I happen to agree, Shank. You know, uh, I'll, I'll I'll stand up and I'll say that, um, this from what I've seen, that's that's definitely the case. That this is this is definitely going to uh, set set some gaming companies. In a different direction in the future, um, and I think a lot of people are going to be are going to be cool with it, and they're going to be on board with it, and they're going to like it and, and really enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. So it's- All right, guys, we're going to get into another email really quick here,
1: and then we'll get into some play. The second email on our list is from Jamie B. Shank. It's yours.
5: <clears throat>
1: Since Lou missed it
4: last week. <clears throat> did- Dude, Hi, voice everyone. Is like, <laughs> oh,
5: God. Here we go.
4: Now, I have most likely been playing Skyrim as long as you guys, and it's still a great game. But I fancy a change in my play style, and role-playing a character is what I would like to do. But what is the best way to keep a constant story going with this character? No. <laughs> Thank you guys and keep up the great podcast. Jamie B. No, no. Look, <laughs> no, no,
2: no, well, I just you go with the characters. Re roll it. That's all
4: no, got no, 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 no characters.
2: No. It's the
0: it's b- such a good impression, it's creepy. <laughs>
1: here's here's my tip to you as a writer, yeah. um Mr or Miss Jamie whoever. Uh, Jamie, anyway. Um the thing to do Consuela, is, yes. before, you, before you write down, <laughs> uh, before you create a new character that you're going to use as your RP characters, you have to start out fresh. Take a pen and, and paper and just write down, or a word, you know, go you know, modern age here, and write down the backstory of your character, likes, dislikes, its goals, everything. And that will kind of guide you through your play experience, as long as you keep that document with you as you're playing and kind of use it as as your guideline. It will keep you immersed in that role play.
2: I mean, if I may. Yeah. uh, Jamie, whoever you are, whomever him, all right. Um, Consuela, (laughs) Venezuela. There are actually quite a few MMOs out there that uh, have a mechanic in the game as part of your character sheet. They're going to have that section that's called your biography, Okay. And in there, you can pretty much dictate or you actually create the backstory for your character for everyone else to see, actually. Um, I've seen it in EverQuest too. Okay, It's also in Star Trek Online. To where if you inspect the character, you'll pop up their sheet and you'll actually get to read their biography. All right. And for lots of players you know, who are role-playing, who love that aspect... You know, it's a gateway to connect. And for you, it may also help you keep connected to your character. Say, so, you know what, this is what I wrote for my character when I first created him or her, way back when. So, you know what, let me fix this, or let me stick to that, or edit it, change it. You want to start fresh with that character, but not you know re-roll, change biography, start over again. But without having to re-roll, or do what I do on a bachelor, you just roll another alt. There's nothing <clears> wrong with that. <laughs> not at all. <laughs>
4: Am, am I the only person that doesn't, you know, really role play the character? Should give it a shot
1: one time. I'm not really into I, that too much, but I've done that a few times on Skyrim. It's a whole different
4: environment. I just, I just don't think it would. I think I would try to do it. You know, like create like a you know a genuinely kind hearted dude. But then I would just like be like, oh that that looks pretty. Let me just go wander over there and just get completely lost, <laughs> just wandering around. So, I I don't know. If I could do it, I don't know. I, I
3: honestly believe that every part of Shank role plays the same character every time he plays a game, and that's just this dude that has ridiculous. Oh, shiny!
4: Yeah, he's got. Yo, <laughs> yeah, it, it's literally that. It, that's literally yeah. He's got just, severe ADD. Yeah, yes. and just and you know just the the only thing that changes is the race and weapons and everything. Everything yes. else is the same. <laughs>
2: From Columbia, up in the sky. <laughs> Thick flowers on Skyrim.
1: <laughs> All right guys, we're going to get into our plays of the week to this this week, I can talk straight. Evarwin, I got your tweet. So, I want to hear about it.
0: Yeah, uh finally got my my uh set for Knights of the Nine in Oblivion.
3: Yay!
0: I needed uh Kinnereth's boots and the Mace of Zenithar. So I jumped in the game today, and I had to uh, go over to the, the shrine of Kinnereth. And they gave me this quest where they said that uh, basically what you have to do is you have to go to this grotto that's not, not too far from here. And uh, what did they say? <laughs> they have to, you have to uh, fear nature and respect it. And that's basically like your clue as to how to get through the next trial. So I'm thinking like, all right, fear nature and respect it. I fear got nature. this. Yeah, I remember that. I felt the first time. I ran into this grotto and like this giant freaking bear just comes out of nowhere. And he was like, oh, only you can prevent forest fires. I'm like, oh, my God. So I'm hiding behind my shield. And then I smack him in the face with my mace. It was like a reflex action. And all of a sudden I got this pop up. That's like you derp. I'm yeah, like, damn it.
3: <laughs> Same thing.
0: <laughs> I popped it in it's the middle like, an arrow.
3: Yeah, so uh, that, that was not the way to do it. You have to fear nature and respect it. Yeah. That, so you have to strip down naked and just hope for the best?
4: <laughs> Jesus, David. Well, uh,
3: that's what ended up happening. <laughs> but I didn't strip. Oh down my naked. god.
4: <laughs> I would've. Even if you didn't have to, I probably would've. No, Ivar, when he's talking about the game, not real life, dude. Oh! Oh, oh you got
0: it. Of so I went back to Kinnereth's Shrine, fully clothed this time, <laughs> and, and they were like, "So you're an idiot so just go do it again." And thank God Kinnereth has you know patience for morons. It's like, yes, patience for morons. That's me. So I go back into the grotto, and I'm like, "All right, I'm all over this. I know exactly what I'm going to do." And then you know the the bear comes back out again. And he's like, oh, I, "Only you can prevent forest fires." I'm like, "Damn it!" And so I'm like, I got my shield up, and he's like beating on me, and. It didn't take too long. Well, he did. I just ran out of the grotto after that, and he ran away. And I got this pop up that says, "You figured it out, moron." So here's a cave. <laughs> Go in it.
3: <laughs> so you fear and respect nature by running and screaming like a small girl. Exactly.
2: Wow. Almost oh, as good as only the penitent man shall pass. <laughs> hmm. Well, you see, Dave,
0: against with an eye, he was
1: showing I'm his Jehovah's fear. Against with an eye, <laughs> he was showing his fear by screaming like you. And then yeah. he was um, running away so he wouldn't kill it.
0: If, right. if the clue was, don't forget to peace out and parkour. <laughs> I mean, I would have been all over that, yeah. Yeah, I, it would have been a one-shot deal for me. I would have been like, I, know, I get this, I understand it. But because they're all, like, proper and crap, you must fear res- you must fear nature and respect it. <clears throat> what? I don't know. Anyway, so there was a cave. I went inside the cave. The boots were right there, and it was totally awesome. So I got the boots. And then comes the Mace of Xenathar. I'm like, alright. Hopefully, this is just going to be like a big you know, just a just a thing. You just go in there and you grab it. And I was right. I was right. I, I went uh, I went back to the Chapel of Leowen, went into the Undercroft, ran all the way to the back, prayed at the shrine, popped back up in the you know, mace of zenithar spacey area and uh there was there was there was a path right in front of me and i felt like the biggest idiot ever because a couple of weeks ago i was literally like trying to jump all the way to the to the column where the mace was and like you know hop up on it and climb up on it stupid (laughs) but you didn't have the boots Pretty much. So I just walked right across there. Like, like it's a Legend of Zelda game. Like, I've got the boots now, so I can walk over here.
6: <laughs> That's a good way to put it.
0: <laughs> and I uh, grabbed the mace, and I was, I was totally excited about that. Um, and then I went back to the Priory of the Nine, and there's, like, a ton of homeless people around there now, like, asking me if they can join <laughs> If they can join the Knights of the Nine, I'm like Harry.
2: Like, oh, you're a brave dude, and I've got nothing to do. Can I join? Like,
0: yeah, whatever. Yeah. No, Whoa.
2: no, you vagrants, get away.
3: <laughs> Last time, I- really? It, it, yeah, like you're gonna give homeless guys some of the strongest armor. Yeah, we're not gonna see that in a pawn shop anywhere in Cyrodiil.
0: <laughs> well, lucky for me the de- game developers
2: I, I want
3: the gold armor. You're just gonna spend it on alcohol. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and Skuma! And skuma. Bad. Bad for you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no
0: patronizing the Kajit on the roads. <laughs> so uh I've got a whole bunch of homies now in in the priory of the nine. Word. And I get this this quest from from one of the guys who has says that um basically he's He's a he's a squire and his knight has has uh he thinks is dead and was in this place called the the Underpalls which is all the way up in like the northwest portion of the map and that he was searching for some some ancient relics uh and then he sort of lost his life by like a Daedra something or other um clearly I didn't I didn't get all the details of the quest here but <laughs> Um, the the overall goal for me right now is to is to stop the threat of of Umaril in mm. in uh, Cyrodiil. So, you know, I, I got into a very a very cool encounter with with some demons, some Daedra in uh, in Leowin when I got the mace. I think there was like three or four Daedra that popped up once you get the mace, clad in heavy armor. It was really cool. It was an awesome fight and. uh, I was really excited to use my new mate, so I got into it. <laughs> so I guess I'm going to be fighting these things a lot now. So I'm gunning after this guy called Umaril, and I think he's got something to do with killing one of the knights. So that's my uh,
4: objective. Y- yeah. U- yeah, Umaril's kind of a G. Is a G, huh? I thought it was a yeah. over. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything else. Just, yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, so Umaril's a G.
4: <laughs> I'll say that I beat him, and I'll tell you exactly how.
1: I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> um... Other than that, I, I do want to say that I got the uh the Frey lithograph off the Be- uh the Bethesda store. I bought it last week. Uh not last week. I bought it uh last month I meant to say. And it finally was delivered today. Nice. This week I should say. It was delivered this week. It's amazing. Picture. it didn't happen. It's uh <laughs> no, I, I put a picture on Twitter. Oh. Yeah. Never, never. Um it's it's got all the the three you know badasses of, of Elder Scrolls Online just sort of duking it out with a bunch of werewolves. It's pretty legit. So all right, ooh, 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 ooh. Lou,
2: you're up. Awesome. Finally had a chance to go back into the world of Skyrim. However, since I've been going not not mod crazy, but maybe just a little overzealous on on Steam Workshop and Skyrim Nexus, and one of the mods I downloaded, I think it's the one that's the Blame, but I'm not gonna name it yet until I actually isolate the cause. Uh, it was mod disaster. I lost a couple of my major save files, from my battle mage. So I'm back to level 35 <laughs> 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 because the other ones were shot. I was, oh, I couldn't. Bl-. No matter what I did, I just the files just wouldn't load properly. And I was like, "You gotta be kidding me!" So I had to swallow that pill- bitter pill. <laughs> Get rid of those two save files, and thank God at least I have this one because the last, the next one after this one, I was at level twenty-nine. <laughs> I was like, oh hell no! So I am getting those levels back, but I'm not too concerned because I'm going to use, you know, smithing, alchemy, and enchanting because I need to work on those anyway.
0: Get that all back up.
2: It's just get that all back up. Cool. So I plus I got plenty of match from either buying them outright right, or just stealing them from, you know, all over the place. Thievery you know, is good. A- yes, yes, that's one of the side gigs for my mage. Yes, she's a bad mage, but when the opportunity presents itself, I will steal everything in that bloody house <laughs> or store. Give it a chance. You know, mages are poor. <laughs> we need money to support our habits, like crafting potions and making badass jewelry and stuff. <laughs> so I have to support the habit. <laughs> I also had a chance to uh, finish the quest, which I didn't do. I was only halfway through it on my on the higher saves. But then once I actually got back in and I was looking at my quest here, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, that Oak chieftain has been waiting for a while. Um, it's the, oh god, the name of the camp. That's in the southwest portion of the map. Or well, south portion of the map. South center portion of the map. It's uh, not too far away from Riften, actually. If you head west, southwest.
3: I know exactly what you're talking about.
2: All right, but and, I don't and,
3: remember the name of the place.
2: Yeah, it's where Malakath directly speaks to you. And you have to help that orc chieftain, I guess, regain his mm-hmm. honor.
3: Right. Is, is that the one that you have to, to find his uh gauntlet or some crazy stuff? Or is that
2: another one? That's another one. Okay. I don't think to I've save- done this quest. Yeah, it's a small orc camp. And the thing is, he, he needs you to help him uh, kill a giant. Or mm. you know, taking out some giants in, in Fallowstone Cave. I do know, the location is Fallowstone Cave. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and Fallowstone Cave is actually just a little north of the uh, Blackbriar Meadery. Okay, so I went in there. I was like, all right, let me let me just finish out this quest, and I'm here just following the old chieftain and then realizing he wants me to do what? This guy actually asked me to do his job for him, okay? And as I wrote here in the notes, you know, first time I was ashamed for the orcs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, he's an honorless pata. Yes. Whoa! Discommodation Whoa. for
0: him. Whoa, where's the, <laughs> where's the sensor button, Joe? Come on, man.
2: <laughs> Discommodation. Everybody turn your back on him. Um, You know, after seeing orcs for so long in this game, you know, they were the... I guess brash, in-your-face, aggressive, fearless types in this game, and to hear this guy trying to snivel and scheme his way out of doing his job as chieftain, I was like, you know what? If I could kill you right now, I would. It's and, uh,
0: little bit sound like, a little bit like Worf right now, blue.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I really should stop watching Star Trek before the show. Uh, <laughs> if you were any other man, I'd kill you where you stand.
0: <laughs> that was actually pretty good.
3: Yeah, it was. It was <laughs> <laughs> a damn good one. You beat bank on the voices tonight.
0: <laughs> oh, you're talking about my improv. My impression's dumb. Sorry.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, I did that quest, and I thought, wow, that's that's pretty cool. You know, a worthless orc for once. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, I turned it in, and then I also realized, you know, the other mod I spoke about, past a couple times, the Tower of Corinthia, which is actually a. I'm going updated version for an Oblivion mod, which is the Frostcrag uh, Frost Tower.
4: Craig, yes! So, yeah, this is
2: exactly... It's Descendant. You know, this guy built this mod based on the fact that he's played Oblivion, and he's played that mod, so he's like, you know what? Let me make one for Skyrim, and hence Tower of Karanthias. And I realized, yeah, oh, it's cool. You know, I've had it for all this time. I haven't really started it. Went all the way out there. I kind of knew where the general area was. And didn't realize you know, I didn't have the damn key. <laughs> so, I'm like... Where's the a key? Oh, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> Meanwhile, I had walked from all the way where I was from that damn orc camp. <laughs> Alright, the place, the tower is actually between um, Winterhold and Dawnstar. <laughs> so it pretty much tells you how far I walked. And I realized, oh, crap. And I read the, the the actual mod note saying, oh, the, the, key, the key you need for it are in the Archmage's, uh... There's a lockbox in the Archmage's quarters. Like right, great. Now I gotta walk all the way back. to, to hold. Here we go. Walked all the way back. It was a good time, though, because I picked up two more Dragon Souls, which went quite easily. I was like, wow. Either I'm getting better, or this guy, the game just sent two, two newbies after me. I didn't care, because I actually need the souls. I'm starving for them right now, because I have all these words, or these second or third words to unlock, and I've got nothing. <laughs> Meanwhile, on my... Assassin, I've got like 50 souls and no words. You know, with this game, I can't win. There's no happy ground for me with that.
0: Yeah, it seems like it.
2: Yeah. So, also, continuing on my journey back, group of unlucky bandits, I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you trying to rob me? You just saw me waste those four bears and two saber cats? Okay. All right, get, 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 bring them all. Just come on. Just bring them all. It's easy for me to just kill you all in one spot. Like, loot all your bodies. But my favorite part was, I found a random group of storm soldiers walking the road. And as my duty as a loyal imperial citizen took great pleasure in wiping that entire column out. (laughs) You know, I'm just walking by. I was going to spare them until one of them just, you know, drew their swords and says, you know, you shouldn't be here, friend. It doesn't concern you. Like, oh, you want to start now? Come on.
4: Oh, no, he didn't.
2: Yes, he did. (laughs) I was like, all right. You know what? I was going to let you all live, but screw it. Of the Empire, and yes, they're always, you know, they're all naked corpses now along the side of the road. <laughs> and for a little bit, I actually hopped back on the assassin because another mod I had downloaded is called Celtic Katanas, and the name of the, of the creator escapes me at the moment. But if you have a chance, I think it's also in the Steam Workshop, and it's also Skyrim Nexus. This guy, you actually went and, you know, from scratch created an actual katana uh, weapon. Or weapons. So you got the entire set. I mean, as Joe can attest you know, he's got the, you know, he has the katana, the entire set of katana, the wakazashi, and the Tanto
1: mm-hmm. as a
2: complete set. And, you know, several different styles, mm-hmm. different colors, and the fact that my assassin looks like a ninja to begin with, with that, you know, the mod that, you know, Joe and I use the Black Sacrament mod, <laughs> that armor, it's like, yes, now that it looks complete, and, you know, It gives my assassin that exotic look, so she's like a Nordic blonde storm shadow from GI Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of which, put it that way. (laughs) And last, I just want to finish off with Oblivion. Right, I'm going to start it up again because I actually caved in. Since running it off my discs for some reason was giving me a hell of a time, I was like, you know what? It's on Steam. It's really cheap. Yeah, I'll just redownload the entire thing (laughs) on Steam, and I did. So I'll have to pick that up. Well. Get it going and start up anew with oblivion.
4: Not gonna hear any complaints from me, man.
2: Uh, yeah, dude. I'm also starting looking mods right now. So I was gonna uh, mod- try to
1: come up with some kind of complaint just to counteract Shank, but I can't think of anything. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Shank, how
4: was your week, buddy? Um, I I have a uh, something cool. Actually, no, you know what? I think a Varwin has something uh, interesting to say here first. Oh. oh.
0: Well, are we, are we introducing, uh, I, I believe we are. Oh, well, we're introducing, uh, Brian Steele, aren't we? Oh, yeah. Well then, uh, in a world ravaged by hippies and Argonians, only one Orsimer can save Tamriel from utter doom. Moo. This summer, Shank the Tank is Brian Steele.
4: okay so basically this is probably the most um like stupid name i've ever come up with in my life Uh, so i created a um god i just had to finish up my coughing fit (laughs) i (laughs) pg-13 I uh I decided to uh go back to the Xbox because I had I realized I had literally all the DLC on my Xbox and not on my PC. And the com- the gamepad wasn't working out for me as well as I thought it was going to on the PC, so I turned on my Xbox and I created Brian Steele. Now if you guys haven't been uh you know, you probably can tell from my tweets this week, but I created a custom class uh, the, the only awesome. Orsimer who can save Tamriel from Utter Doom. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> wow. <laughs> he is a. He, I created the uh, baller custom class, and I picked my major skills of uh, armor are at fifty one, blade is at thirty two, block at forty eight, blunt forty nine, heavy armor fifty five, alchemy sixty three, and restoration thirty six. And I am a level ten. You guys skills Basically- that
6: can help Tamriel
0: be saved from hippies and Argonians.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Hippies and Argonians. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and basically all I'm doing is I'm just playing like I usually do and just try and make as much money as I can uh, and uh, this was actually a recommended build from the Oblivion strategy guide one that I had never ever done and I was like you know what let me let me check this out so what do they call this build the baller custom class Brian Steel. <laughs>
2: It's
4: a badass class. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, instead of, you know, the, I guess with this particular build, the kind of obvious thing would be, you know, let's go do the Fighters Guild and, like, get some cool stuff that way. But one of my buddies, Wonski, who's an avid listener of the show, uh, so shout out, random shout out to him. Um, he suggested that I join the Mages Guild first. And I thought about that, and I was like, you know what, let, let me do that, because I think that'd be very interesting given the major skills that I have. So for those of you who um, are unfamiliar with the, uh, the mages guild in oblivion, in order to get accepted into the arcane university, which is in the Imperial city, you actually need to go um, around to each of the cities except for Kvatch for a reason. I won't say, um, and get recommendations from their local guild halls. And usually what this means is you need to do, you know, you need to do a quest for them and they give you a recommendation. So I actually started off in uh, Chadenhall. So the the cities that I've done these recommendations for right now are Chadenhall, Bravel, Leywin, Skingrad, and Anvil. So I'm working my way um, clockwise around the map. And yes, I have been walking everywhere. Um, that's I mean, come on, really. So <laughs> I uh, I've been doing and I've been picking flowers along the way and just making potions and dudes I have made so much bank like Brian Steele is a huge baller like huge I'm just baller dun, dun, dun. I've been rolling around Dude. in septums like it's it's nuts man so We're I'm septum <laughs> and actually if Arwen called like me, to me more on, a, on a bed full of money in indecent proposal <laughs> wow <laughs> and uh, Arwen actually called me yesterday and we, for some reason we were talking about my resume. I can't remember. Why, <laughs> <laughs> we were, I was like, dude, I I've picked so many flowers at this point that I feel like I could just like tell you where to find these flowers. Cause that's all I've been doing. If you can't tell by my alchemy skill, which is 63, which is pretty high compared to everything else on here. Yeah. So <laughs> I've been doing a lot of flower picking, a lot of potion making, um, and right now I actually um, so my last stop was actually in Anvil and of course the Knights of the Nine expansion starts in Anvil so while I was there I did the Mages Guild recommendation for those dudes and uh, picked up the Knights of the Nine quest and uh, right now I'm actually walking north to Coral and there's a a secret, well I don't know if it's a secret but it's kind of a hidden path really, it's not marked on the map at all, but there's a a hidden path through the Colovian Highlands which is the western region of uh, Cyrodiil Behind this uh, sort of uh, alien ruin called Verando, which it's, it's really cool. It's um, if you find it, let me know because it's amazing. That that path is amazing. So right now I'm just walking up to Coral to start their recommendation quests, um, and I'm also uh, en route gonna uh, pray at the Shrines and start the uh, the Knights of the Nine. Uh, that's it for me, guys. I mean, <laughs> it's literally just a ton of flower picking and selling stuff. So yeah, I'm pretty stoked. Brian Steele is a baller.
1: Smell those flowers. So if you guys remember last week, Ivarwin issued Dave a uh, mod of the Week challenge. So yes. Dave, this is your chance, man. What was the mod and what did you do?
3: All right. The mod that I was issued because Ivarwin's a jerk is Whiterun Treasure Map by Iapana7. Ip- Honestly, it's it's a dang good mod. It's very small, but uh, I, w- I want to go through the pros and cons about it just to uh, discuss what we got going on. Um, hang on one second. Okay, there we go. Yep, okay. Um, <laughs> sorry. First off, the, the, the mod itself is very short. Uh, it starts out where you go to the uh, trader in Whiterun. He has a book it's honestly the only time you need to purchase anything throughout the entirety of this mod and the book itself is only like a hundred septums just to buy it then from then on you can go do the entirety of this mod without spending a dime on anything now on, I, as a pro towards this, this mod I love the idea having the idea of you do all these different steps you go through all these different areas to get to a big reward at the end I love doing that. And, and as I said last week, I've done this in our Minecraft server just for the fun of it. I love doing uh, treasure hunts like that. Now, the marker did, or the maker did uh, set up each step of this exceptionally well. It did not clash with anything. Every bit of this mod worked exactly as intended. I found it to be very well built which is, it was very, I was not expecting, because I've never seen this this mod maker before, ever. Um, he even added a contingency, just in case you're using a brand new player and you don't want to spend money past buying the initial book, you actually have places you can go to get the items you need to craft, specifically a key that you'll need later on in the quest chain. Um, now there are a few issues with this, such as if you have the money, you can just straight up purchase materials such as to make the key. And it's from the same guy that gives you the the book. So it's right there. It kind of, uh, spoils the whole exploration part of this or it can at least, um, the guidebook itself is a bit unclear at one point but at the second where it becomes clear, it's kind of just confusing because it puts you exactly where you need to be to advance the storyline. You just have to, to spend some time looking around. At this point, it was the College of Winterhold, which put me in the library of the College of Winterhold. I accidentally spent mm, probably an hour reading every book in that place just to make sure that I wasn't missing something. And I was. It was on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it was a very short mod. It actually ends right past the College of Winterhold's library, which, yeah, it's okay. It kind of hints you through things, but I wish it was longer. That's the, my biggest con to this mod is it's so well done. It's so enjoyable, but it's so short. I really, really wish it was, was longer. Wow. So out of five stars, Dave, all all told, what would you give it? I would give it four stars. I'm not uninstalling this mod. Wow. Now, here's why. First off, I do want to say that I do not recommend this for new players or those not wanting a big helping hand. But I would definitely recommend this for the player who wants to make an alt and wants it to have a quick boost for instant gameplay and you will surely be equipped to the nines and you'll be as rich as rich can be after doing this because at the end of this you get a ton of rewards that I'm not going to spoil everything for you but the rewards give you a full set of heavy armor a full set of light armor a lot of gold a ton of gold a ton of gems and a weapon that is just blatantly overpowered
0: yeah. Alright, so again, that's called Whiterun Treasure Map by Lapana7, and you can get this uh, on the Steam Workshop. Yes. Cool.
3: 4 I, out of 5 stars uh, by Dave. Four out of, I definitely would give it 4 out of 5 stars. It's one of the ones oh, so. I'm going to keep around, and it's probably going to be the first thing I do every time I make a new character now. Um, but also, out of the uh, the treasure chest. At the very end, I know it's because of my level and not that it was in the treasure chest, but I also got a Daedric Bow. So next week, I need to get that enchanted. Snap. Oh, yeah. I'm moving up in the world from my Conjured one.
1: Yeah, that's going to be a big increase, especially if you get your enchanting to 100.
3: Yeah. I'm going to do the double enchants on it. Oh, oh, (laughs) yeah. I need. I need to get out to uh, Soulstein and get the Chaos Enchant and put that on that bad boy.
2: Ooh, oh yeah, that'll be sick. Yes, it will. All
3: right, guys. Now that we're through
1: our playthroughs, we're gonna go ahead and get into one more quick email, really quick. Um, Just uh,
0: Joe, if I can interject for a minute, what? What you? What you guys think of that whole thing? You know, Dave. I mean, you were you were the center of 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 this week's mod challenge and, and definitely it was the first the first one we've had, um as like a main show feature, what what do you think? I liked it.
3: Yeah. It could have it, just been the mod. I mean if it was a bad mod, I'd probably say, man, that sucked, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> What do, what do you guys think? You know, I mean, is this is this
4: cool? Do you guys like it? I, I'm a fan, man. A I fan? mean Mods are mods are definitely a big piece of the uh, the community. So I think you know discussing it's it's pretty cool. Let's put it this All way, it was-
1: Ivar, if, I wasn't, if I didn't like it, we wouldn't be doing it. Okay. Or at least I would have been fighting you tooth and nail. But I didn't. I said, okay, Varin, let's do it. All right. And cool. it's Playing out really uh, well. Glad everyone liked it. Until you target me, then I might rethink that. <laughs> 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 no, it's it's great, buddy. And I, uh,
0: I look for I look for things that that are are sound fun and cool and interesting. I, I don't look for anything that's going to sound like it's a real pain in the in the um, uh, kitchen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Insert word here. <clears throat> yeah. All right, we have an email from what was that right on
3: Twitter, Dave? You want to get this one? Uh, yeah. This is. Hang on, I got to get down to. The, all right, from Righty uh, on Twitter says. I've been thinking of an adventure the OTR crew would enjoy and I'm convinced this would make a very fun and rewarding quest for all of you. If you're up for the challenge, that is. If you follow the path headed south out of the Imperial City, you will eventually come across an alien ruin by the name of Veldracell. Veldacell? Vendacell?
4: Vendacell. Vendacell, yeah. Shank, you suck. Don't don't correct <laughs> <laughs> uh, How is that? Is that Vendacell? Yep, Vendicel. So.
3: Within the legend within is the legendary sword and its self-named wielder. Both named Umbra. The challenge, oh. should you choose to accept it, is to lure the Umbra Warrior all the way back to the Imperial City and watch the complete chaos that surely will follow. And that's from riotty on Twitter. Oh my god. Challenge accepted.
5: <laughs> <laughs> ermidard
4: yeah dude that is oh my god that's a brilliant challenge that's a brilliant challenge challenge? yeah you like that okay as yeah i mean umbra is probably i'm just gonna say it it is the most powerful sword in uh in in oblivion um i'm not gonna tell you why but it, it is and it's incredibly useful and the the individual that has it is uh Let's say unstable. So this this is this is definitely a challenge, man. This is like a legit challenge. I think this. Oh my god, I'm gonna try and do this and not die. I think that's gonna be difficult. But I'm gonna try you think, you
0: think you'll be able to do it next week or this week and talk about it on next week's show?
4: I will seriously try to do it this week, um, and I'm gonna say trying because the 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 person that uh, is holding this the sword, the wielder, is pretty jacked um depending on your level but yes i will try to do it and i'm sure i'm gonna be <laughs> laughing the entire way <laughs> i'm gonna try and do it man this is a, this is a great challenge i, I think resist the that flowers challenge too. shank <laughs> uh, i don't know uh, mm, if i'm playing on xbox oh uh, if, if you're I'll on xbox way. then no yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: Incidentally, I think this is the uh, the same item that uh, Mark from Guild Umbra uh, used in order to to name his guild. I yeah. I think he told me that story.
4: Yep. I would not be surprised given yeah. what the actual with how ridiculous this weapon actually is. So yeah, I'm gonna put that in my notes. I'm gonna try and do this for next week. Let me write <laughs>
1: that down. All right then, and my headphones just got messed up. I hate that.
0: Oh, hold on. It looks like we're getting a call here. Very nice. It's uh, yeah, a group call. We'll click on that. Hopefully I did it right. Uh, hello, you're live on the air with Elder Scrolls. Off the record, who's this?
5: Hey, guys, this is Baconborn up in the chat room. What up, Born up in the chat room? Hey, what's going on, guys? What uh, do got for us? I had a, I had a couple of questions for you guys, if that's all right. Sure. All right, so earlier you were talking about how they... Um, how they uh, said that Daedric uh, quests would be in the game uh, I know uh, how ESO is really big into lore so how would Daedric artifacts play into that I mean would like everyone be walking around with jacks turning everything into goats and stuff I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> real, real,
0: qu- real quick answer they'll probably come up with uh, Daedric artifacts that have been destroyed by the time you've played any of the first, play- first person Elder Scrolls games
5: yeah. Oh, okay.
1: right. I know that the the quest we played, he was a minor Daedra, and there was no artifact from yet in the game, as far as I know, from completing it. Yeah. So, uh, all that is really up in the air from as far as I know.
0: What's your next question, Bacon?
5: Alright, so um, my next question is kind of relating to your guys' experience in the gameplay so far. But uh, recently, I just got done playing a quest in Skyrim, and, uh, well, not really quest, but just a cave diving thing. you I think Jenny
0: was doing a spelunking quest in Skyrim.
5: <laughs> Splunking for the <laughs> win. <laughs> but uh, during, this, during this cave, I came across some uh, pillar puzzle. And uh, in the, uh, the, the there was four uh, four pillars, and in the center was a book. And the clues for the pillars were actually in the book. So you actually had to read the book. And it has a little riddle. The uh, you know the the first is all, second is none. That way, if you, if you guys are familiar with it, but uh, that that little piece was just so satisfying to me. And I was wondering if you guys see have seen anything in your guys' gameplay of ESO like that, and uh, whether you have or not. Uh, for for the MMO pros, does it? Do you think that kind of thing has any place in an MMO?
0: Oh, quick quick question is is uh quick answer is absolutely yes, and I wish more m m o s would put uh real honest to god puzzles inside their games, and uh I think the other answer is is going to be yes, but we we can't really talk about it
1: yeah mm. um yeah what varron said
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah as var you know, mentioned yeah uh, I do know exactly what puzzle you're talking about big born uh I see, yeah um uh, the first sphere is none, and then one eats the second. It's that one.
1: Okay. Yeah.
2: It's actually uh, four different animals that are represented on the pillars, and you have to understand... Oh, the I
1: remember between that one. Yeah.
2: To, to understand how the pillar how the pillar puzzle works. And yes, you're right. That's actually... Uh, that's one of the hallmarks I love about the Elder Scrolls games. It actually uh, requires some actual thinking, and, and see how things work. as opposed to just bum-rushing through a quest just to get through it, to get to the end of it. And... uh yeah, there's, def- there's always room for stuff like that in MMOs. MMOs have been doing it for years. <laughs> you know? Uh, EverQuest 1 has stuff like that, and it's amazing what they did there with those kind of uh, interaction with giving you you know, just a bare amount of clues, and you've got to figure it out. No one's going to tell you what to do. <laughs> um, they want you to do it.
3: I can actually attest to one quest that I know I experienced at PAX where there's a ship Right in the, the beginning, starting area, there's this ship that ran ashore, and you go and you find a, a – a, what is the name of that thing? It's a shovel with a little book that tells you where to go. It's like a, the yes. quest where you have to go around. Did you, you were there with me, Lou. You found that yes. too? Yes.
2: Yes. It's actually um, a PAX East. Okay. We We both got the same quest. It's actually the starting area we were in. was called Port Hunting. And yes. There's a sunken ship. And you find a shovel and a note, and a guy tells you, "You think it's going to be this easy? No, I'll give you the clues to where it actually is."
3: Yeah, and he makes you go around clue by clue, finding out where this uh, hidden treasure is.
0: Thanks for the call, Bacon. Have a great night. All right. you too,
3: guys.
1: Be helpful if I unmuted myself during that. Jeez. <laughs> <sighs> Always
0: All great right. to uh, get people from the chat room in.
1: Oh, I love it. it it's that's it a different element to the show. That I really enjoy. Yeah. Alright guys, we have a dev question of the week!
3: Hi, my name is James Odette, and I'm a system design intern at Cinemax Online Studios. We've shown some of the creatures that you'll be encountering in The Elder Scrolls Online, like the Wamsu, the Ogrim, and the Drake. Which of these enemies are you
2: looking forward to fight?
1: You know, this is kind of a uh, kind of a tough question for me because I don't remember which ones he's referring to.
0: Well, um, I think we'll uh, if we stick to you know what we know is probably going to be the game. You know, those those old Elder Scrolls uh, enemies that we fight. You know, pretty much in every game. You know, uh, for me, uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to fighting Daedra. I, you know, I mean, it's just as as a paladin type of of character and what I represent versus what they represent, and the kind of level of challenge that I've constantly experienced out of Daedra in all of these games. I know that it's just going to be an absolute blast. So that's that's one enemy I'm looking to fight. For. I'm saying I- the Wamasu because the name sounds funny.
5: <laughs> Wamasu.
0: Wamasu. <laughs> Wamasu.
3: Dave. <laughs> I I know that it's not one of the choices and I want to set the stage. When we were at PAX they sat us all together four of us in a line to play the game I squealed like a little girl when I saw the mud crab (laughs) (laughs) I think we all remember this I was like oh my god I the mud crab and honestly that did it for me they could add whatever they want else to the game I'm happy
0: I just started getting hearing back in my right ear after that incident and now I've lost it again (laughs) so that's it
3: (laughs) so (laughs)
4: <laughs> what about you shank um none because i'm gonna be piecing in the other direction
2: <laughs>
4: Our shank's listening to fight bravely brave
2: brave shank
4: i will valiantly run off and protect um myself <laughs>
1: me, and, <laughs> me and shank have like complete opposite play styles i run into fights blazes shank runs so we away from to,
4: you know a normal player <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, what about you, Lou?
2: I am really looking forward to see what they do with Draugr.
5: Because
2: though they are the bane of my existence in Skyrim, um, <laughs> I would love to see how they play them out here. Since you know it, it is several, you know, hundred years, you know, before uh Skyrim, so it's nice to see, you know let's see exactly how they're going to how they're going to work them in. And uh, you know, incorporate them in, in, into the gameplay, in, into the you know the quests. I mean, I know it's all of all of Tamriel we're looking at, so draugr will most likely just be in uh, the provinces of, of Skyrim. But you know, I'm also hoping to believe that you know, dragon priests were kind of they're kind of everywhere. <laughs> you know, dragons ruled all of Nere, not just you know one part uh, of the planet you know, of the world. So. Yeah. Maybe they'll find ways to bring them into other parts. You know, they'll see Draugr in, you know, Cyrodiil, somewhere, you know, (laughs) in the ruins. It'd be nice.
1: Yeah. All right, guys, we have one last email to get into tonight. This is from Zach, and he says, Hey, guys, I really enjoy the show. Just a quick question about ESO. Do you think that since Jeremy Sol is involved with the score in ESO, that we'll hear some familiar tunes in Marwyn, Cyrodiil, etc.? I really enjoy hearing the familiar soundtrack in Dragonborn. Keep up the good work with the show, and can't wait to join you in ESL. Sincerely, Zach, A.K.A. the Kingdom 195. Um, can I answer this? Yeah. As an audio, uh, audio file as they call me, I would imagine that they're going to take the sounds, the, the tones that you hear in, um, in in the different games and incorporate them into a new soundtrack for each area so it
4: sounds familiar but has a different sound you took the words right out of my mouth dude <laughs> <laughs> it needs to be familiar enough but also new any other thoughts guys
0: uh, i i agree with that but at some point i am hoping to to walk into morrowind and just hear da, 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 da.
5: <laughs>
0: you know navar rising wings That's- of kinareth baby wings of kinareth <laughs> great article by the way shank well, thanks yeah. dude love that thing Oh, I'm hoping for that.
2: I'm also hoping that yeah, since he is involved in the soundtrack, but you know what I, I also like for him to actually give us new you know new original uh, scores to accompany these new areas, you know these areas that we're all familiar with over the years, but give us something you know a new uh, gosh I guess a whole new outlook
4: a new spin on it.
2: yeah, new spin since we know. You know, you know, he they probably gave him the parameters. All right, Jeremy, this is the time frame. This is the move we want to set. You know, can you do it? Sure. And now again, you know, he's back here. Here's, you know, we know you did Marwin, You did this, but now it's earlier on. This is the time frame we're in. This is the turmoil that's being experienced. Can you come up with something to say, all right, this is, you know, Daggerfall Covenant's kick-ass theme. You know, this is <laughs> the Outmarried Dominions. You know, we're going to rule everything theme know if we will. Um, you know, that type of music. Wherever, yes, gets to hear the original score, original music like that we all are familiar with, but, you know, let's get something else in there. All right, and tomorrow wind, here's a whole new soundtrack for you.
0: I think it would be awesome during the character creation screen, if you, when you finally choose your your faction and then start building your character, as you're building your character, you hear like music that that came from that type of single-player game, so like you hear a little bit of the soundtrack from Shivering Isles, or or a little bit of Oblivion um, when you're when you're you know you're playing the Aldmeri Dominion. You know when you go for Ebonheart, you you sort of hear like the uh, you know uh, uh, Dragonborn comes or um, Dragonborn theme, or if you know if, you know what I mean. You know what I'm trying to yeah, say? Yeah, 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 no, dude. If I they totally switch totally the music that. up a little bit, I think that would be really legit. That's just me. <laughs> right. Okay. All right.
1: So, Ivarwin, how about this week's uh, crafting table challenge?
0: Sure. Um, you want to do the crafting table or the challenge? A challenge, please. Okay. So, so this week's challenge. Uh, just to explain the rules to you again. All right. I pick a challenge, and I give it to one of our hosts. The host has no idea, or they should not, anyway, have an idea as to what uh they're going to get stuck with for the week. The, uh, the host has to then there's a link in our show notes the, the host has to click on the link and then they have to read off the, uh, the mod that's in front of them and they are challenged for the, for the next week until the next episode to play this thing and then report on it a little bit so uh, you guys see the link down there right okay yes, so course. this challenge is going to go to Lou
2: Okay.
0: alright what do you got in front of you there
2: Let's click on the linky here. Linky, redirecting linky. you. Redirecting. Okay. Here we go.
0: Here
3: we go. My, my little pony head. What is this? <laughs> Bronies.
2: <laughs> what, dude? That's sweet.
4: oh man. You just gave me an idea.
2: My apocalyptic little pony. That's right. All right. Um, this week, my challenge is called Damon. L. spawn companion, cool spawn as a companion. Oh wait, wrong spawn.
0: Wrong spawn, not not the Todd McFarlane spawn.
2: <laughs> Darn. Okay, and a description from the modder here. Let's see, who is the creator? <laughs> oh, Dogtown One is the name. All right, what's this do? This guy can be found at the Sleeping Giant in Riverwood. He has a he has a custom axe. Many perks and his set essential. <laughs> you will find his inventory a set of armor that will allow you to run around as a demon as well. The axe is also playable. Wow.
0: Yeah. So Good basically ahead. what you do is you get an essential character that looks like a nasty, gnarly-looking demon. Um, He, uh, he apparently has a, a custom axe and a whole bunch of perks in there. And when you open up his inventory... You'll get a set of armor for yourself, so you'll look like a demon, and you also get a, a playable axe, too. Axe.
2: So you can you can use the
3: axe.
2: <laughs> it reminds me, this is what the goat demons from Diablo should look like.
3: That's exactly <laughs> what I thought when opening this. Was Diablo three? Oh, I'm sold.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Need to die too. <laughs>
0: yeah, pretty nasty looking.
2: Yeah. Oof.
0: So there you go. There's your there's your uh, mod challenge for the week and I'm hoping Lou that uh, the reason why I'm choosing you for this is that maybe maybe he'll be a little bit better for you than
4: Serana
2: still haven't touched it by the way the
4: or, or maybe he'll be worse Her- herpes <laughs> is better than Serana I'm just going to say that <sighs> wow I-, I could
3: imagine jumping off of the cliffs say, in Skyrim and killing yourself instantly <clears throat> that's more pleasant than Serana
1: <laughs> so Ivarwin we had a
0: Twitter question of the week we did, yes. And uh, this this week's question of the week via Twitter is, and uh, if you want to if you want to catch all of these updates, all right, if you want to catch this kind of thing, uh, our Twitter question of the week, and, and certainly our our daily updates on our Tamriella calendar posts and all the news from from Zenimax and, and Bethesda. Uh, you can follow us at. Elder Scrolls OTR. So, this week's Twitter question of the week is, what is the number one activity you're looking to do in ESO? Uh, a bunch of you weighed in on this one. I was really happy to see all the all the people turning out. Uh, Michael Lamentang, hope I'm not uh, destroying your, your name, sir, uh, from Twitter says, exploring and picking flowers. I think that was for you, Shank. Yes, I totally Uh, saw that. (laughs) Mara Oakenshield. Mara, not Mara, Mara. (laughs) Uh, Says, sitting in a tavern after a long day of slaughter and adventure and swapping stories over a cold pint of mead. Mara, I will never get your name wrong again, I promise you. (laughs) (laughs) Just don't kill me. Uh, Jay Fizzle says, picking flowers. (laughs) yes. Uh, let's see. I think we got one here from Zachary Bowser, who says, revisiting Marwind. Martin Mainza says, performing quests for NPCs. Joanna at Monavin, who uh, couldn't make the chat room today. Sorry that you're not there. We miss you. Um, exploring. Yay. That's another thing that she's into. Um, Vicente Moroa destroying plenty of Argonians and brewing helpful potions in the name of the Albarian Dominion. Uh, Dot Black Rose says, decimate the local flora to brew potions and poisons. So, there you go. All of you have weighed in on Twitter. Thank you very much.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a pretty big response for that, with that little
0: question there. Yeah, I, I don't think that was all of them either. All right. I think
1: that's it for the most of the main content. Um, Yvonne, did you want to do this
0: mod? Yeah, yeah, uh, from the uh, the crafting table. Okay. So, uh, Oblivion Character Overhaul, this is our first, I believe this is our first, right, Joe? Uh, Oblivion mod. As far as I can remember, yeah. Yeah, uh, by N- Nuska, and you can find this on OblivionNexus.com. And the, the author, Nuska, says uh, Oblivion Character Overhaul is an all-in-one total overhaul of how characters in vanilla Oblivion look. It both makes it far easier to create an appealing looking player character and vastly improves NPC faces. and does a whole lot in one go. So you're, you're improving the, the look of your characters and NPCs with this mod in oblivion. So if you're and a lot of people have been playing Oblivion now that we've been talking about it on the show, um, so you may want to check this out. What does it do uh, makes all the characters in oblivion easier on the eyes gives every playable race its unique head shape that builds on their distinctive features. Elves look like proper elves now and are easy to differentiate by a glance comes with full high res texture sets for each race with original sculpted uh, maps and uh, age sliders. Uh, Age sliders now have greater distinction between old and young. Young characters genuinely look young modifiers uh, modifies elf ears, To be more elongated and pointy, uh, adds face patterns to Khajiit on the age slider. Uh, They also say that roughly 80% of NPC faces rebuilt to adapt new face system. And it adds a number of extra eye colors for Bosmers. So there you go. That is Oblivion Character Overhaul by Nuska. And you'll find it on the Oblivion Nexus.
2: I'm still grabbing that.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Shank, this is a little Easter egg for you.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man.
1: All right, guys. It is time once again for your Elder Scroll. Lou, take it away.
2: Thank you very much, sir. This week, I am going to finish up the Shivering Isles. So this is the Shivering Isles, part duh, Or as I like to say, I'll take dementia for 500 septums. <laughs> Pardon. <laughs> <laughs> Or in the words of our favorite Prince of Madness, I am a part of you, little mortal. I am a shadow of your subconscious. a blemish on your fragile little psyche. You know me. You just don't know it. Or for one for Dave. And as for you, my little mortal minion, feel free to keep the Wabajack as a symbol of my... Oh, just take the damn thing. (laughs) Yes! Okay, I just want to wrap up with a little bit of the flora, the fauna. Yes, the happy stuff the Shank does, you know, the flowers and the animals. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of geography and a little religion and politics of the Shivering Isles. The Isles, though, are, they are dotted with ruins of past civilizations. Okay, they've got fractured pieces of ancient settlements uh, that look to be abandoned from during past Grey Marches. They have something called madness ore deposits, which are scattered around the area. Spirits of ancient souls are trapped in the ore. And that ore can be used and can be shaped into armor and weapons by the master smith of the town of Crucible. Now, there are also extensive root caves beneath the ground. And these are accessible through the weak membrane that's found at the base of mushroom trees. Wow. Shrooming trees. Yikes. Alright. Amber forms where these tunnels are damaged... And these can be hammered into lightweight armor and weapons by the Master Smith of Bliss. Now, the majority of the realms, flora, flowers, they're of a, a fungal nature, you know, uh, from the subterranean <laughs> withering moon to the giant mushroom trees. All the plant life in the isles are connected to what's called the root system. And this is a system of underground root tunnels. And they're tended by beings called uh, gnarls, the kind of tree-like in appearance. It's been postulated that the root is a single organism, and it draws color from dementia, which then transplants it into mania. I'm trying to wrap my head around that concept. <laughs> However, this idea is considered heresy against Lord Shyogarath, Because, you know, he's blessed the land with two temperaments. There's another being, race of beings there. They're called Grummites. And they're an amphibious race of humanoids. Tribal in nature... And it's been theorized that they are the original inhabitants of the Shivering Isles. It isn't known whether or not they, if they worship Shiogoroth, but they do have an affinity for the Madness Ore. They've been known to be very aggressive, and they've been known to be able to use their very crude, primitive weapons to great effect. Now, there's another species out there called the Elytra. They are a giant insect in the of the Isles, so there's no escaping the Charos. I see. Just can't get rid of them. <laughs> Some of them produce a rare core <laughs> known as feldu, which is a very potent and a very addictive drug, giving Fikzit a run for the money with the Skuma. <laughs> like all the creatures of the Isles, their coloration will depend on what region they reside in. The demented ones have dark, murky colors, while the manic ones have bright, vibrant, vibrant color schemes. Now, of course, being a daedric realm, the Isles are populated with various daedra. Most common. Being the Hungers, and they're known as one of Jagger's favorite pets. Also, as I mentioned before in the first one, Knights like the Order, who are around when the Grey March happens. Okay, and remember, they use the obelisks that are dotted around the island as conduits to travel from place to place. Also, the Golden Saints and Dark Seducers, you know, they're the spawn of the Mad God, and, you know, of course, this realm is their home. The Golden Saints, though, they call themselves the Orioles. And they're reborn from the waters of oblivion at their wellhead in Reloc. And they're responsible for guarding mania. As the Dark Seducers, they call themselves the Mazcat. And they're also reborn in the same way. They have their wellhead in the halls of Pinnacle Rock. And they're responsible for guarding dementia. And these two clans, as you figure, they're constantly at odds with one another as they attempt to become Shiragrat's favored. Of course, what would this realm be without the living dead? Oftentimes, Chiragrath will curse a mortal spirit to roam the Isles as punishment for offending the prince. A proud example of this is known as the Hill of Suicides, where citizens who take their own life must spend it eternity unless freed by the living. Also, necromancy is not uncommon here. In fact, the Isles have unique necromantic minions, such as the Skinned Hound and the Shambles. I don't even want to begin to imagine what that looks like. And with that in mind... Shriagath encourages the sorceress known as Ramilna Veranim and she studies the sixth element flesh and he gave her an invitation to the isles when a mages guild rejected her flesh atronax which is a rare sight in Tamriel well they're found all over the isles you know I really wish they had that in the game I think that'd be so cool <laughs> just as a side note uh, Ramilna creates <laughs> these constructs by infusing the void essence of a daedra with a humanoid body and stitches them together to form the enchanted body parts. And she is known as the mother of the gatekeepers. And created the designs in the gardens of flesh and bone at great personal cost. Now as for religion. As we kind of figure most of the inhabitants of the Shivering Isles naturally worship the Prince of Madness. Most of the houses there have a bust of the Mad God. And have offerings of lettuce, spools of yarn, or soul gems left there. Many books abound that are dedicated to the worship of the Mad God, one of them being known as the Blessings of Shugarath. Of course, the heretics who reject Shigarath are shunned from society, and they're often found on the outskirts, in the wilds, in their own little camps, uh, most probably in Mania. And they've been known to use hungers to do their own bidding. A little political side note here, the ruling, the ruling body of the realm is known as the Court of Madness. Every citizen here of the Isles has a place in the court. Mania and Dementia are treated as duchies, and they're ruled over by their respective duke or duchess. And both regions are aligned with Geogarath's Egypt army, the Golden Saints, who guard Mania again, and while the Dark Seusses, who are protecting Dementia. The highest rank in the Court in Madness is the Mad God, which of course belongs to who else but Chiogarath. And he oversees the affairs of the realm with the help of the Chamberlain. And this court is based in the new Shiaf Palace, which contains the House of Mania, the House of Dementia, the Palace of Shia'goreth, and the Fountainhead. A little note on the justice system here, it's similar to what you see for imperial law, that assault and murder are all punishable by fines or jail time. Prisoners are held in dangerous dungeons far away from civilization and prisoners do have the option of serving the time or leaving their cell. Here's a catch, though: they have to brave the depths of the dungeon. <laughs> you want out? You're free to go, but <laughs> this is the gauntlet you run. Criminals who resist arrest are apparently slain by the J.J. guards. Now, even Shura himself is subject to this law, but of course, you know he's not going to be imprisoned. <laughs> Who's going to imprison him? The area known as the Fringe is under the same justice system as the Isles proper, but there are no guards there patrolling the area or posting any guard post there whatsoever. The bounty for whatever crime happens there only comes into effect once the criminal passes through the gates of madness. And here's a little interesting note attempting to grow a beard or attacking a mad god is a crime punishable by execution. Those person executed by Shogarath are teleported several thousand feet above execution point where they fall to their death. And that's just a quick little run through of the Shivering Isles. Uh, Is actually still a lot more. As you can, as you all see, I had to break two parts. There's actually quite a bit out there on UESP, the Elder Scrolls Wiki, and the Imperial Library. If you enjoy this little coverage, I heartily encourage you to go to those sites, take a look, read up on it. It's amazing, again, of what this company has done with the lore and uh, it's just great material to work with.
3: Alrighty then. Oh my god. Joe, the next time we kill someone in Minecraft by dropping them thousands of feet to their death, we have to yell out that it's GeoGraph's punishment. (laughs) (laughs) I'll try to keep that in mind if I can spell it right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, our final thoughts of this evening more and more as the summer gets into full-blown, I can't wait for ESO. All the stuff that keeps coming out, it just gets me more and more excited. Um, Eve Arwen.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the next part of the quest for, for uh, Knights of the Nine, to be honest. I thought it would be over as soon as I got the uh, the awesome gear. No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and uh, I was pleasantly surprised today when I found out, hey, kill that dude eventually. <laughs> So excited about getting into that! And Lou,
2: wow, I can't wait to get a hold on this challenge. I, I want those little goat demons <laughs> as my minions. I'll send Lydia back to watch the house for a while. And, Come here, goat man. Who says that? <laughs> I want little goat demons. <laughs> those with dark, demented souls. Oh, damn! Internal monologue not working again. <laughs> <laughs>
3: and dave um i'm thinking what would complement the chaos enchant enough for my daedric bow i don't know i'm gonna, i'm going to have to put some thought and uh research into making the perfect weapon for my most evil of plans <laughs> <I> was <gonna laughs> <do> that was cackle <laughs> <laughs>
2: Wow, he's a perfect weapon. I thought the horrible Jeff Speakman movie from the 80s.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and Shank the Tank. Dude, I am... Uh, I I don't even know how many times I watched all those first-person videos today, but I'm stoked about that. Really happy that they're listening to their fans and going above and beyond. Um, that really shows <laughs> that they genuinely care and are listening, which is amazing. And, um... Yeah, I mean, Brian Steele, man. I'm pretty stoked to get back into Oblivion with Brian Steele. Brian Steele, an orc you can count on.
2: (laughs) He's number one.
0: (sighs) Hey, Varwin, how to reach us, please. Yes, how to reach us. If you want to check out our awesome website, go to elderscrollsofftherecord.com. You will be treated... To not just our wonderful podcast which by the way thank you for listening to but we've got links there for all of our awesome news articles that our news director Joe Bradford and Brian Armstrong and Shank Tank <laughs> <laughs> right every single week about Elder Scrolls QGN TV is up there as well if you want to check out our show live click on the QGN TV link and we are there uh, all of our different partners, all of our different shows. Uh, if you want to donate as well, we have a button there. And Donovan's Tales is is there as well, a uh, weekly fan fiction for uh, for uh, for Skyrim. He's got uh, the the Running Tree and Journals of a Bosmer up. That's Donovan's Tales. All at ElderscrollsOffTheRecord dot com. And uh, if that's if that's not enough for you, if you hunger for for more of us and, and god knows that's that's probably a diagnosis <laughs> for insanity. You can go over to questgamingnetwork.com and you will be treated to not just all of this awesome stuff for Elder Scrolls off the record, but our other shows as well such as Minecraft off the record and our previous Previous awesome, awesome podcasts that were so awesome we've had to cancel them. Our archives are there as well. <laughs> you can find all that on questgamingnetwork.com, including general gaming news and opinion articles from the, the trifecta of gaming. Our awesome reporters. elder scrolls off the record at gmail.com is our email if you want to send us an email that's where you go elder scrolls off the record at gmail.com say hi tell us we stink tell us about your gameplay you might get yourself on the show uh if youtube's your thing we have a presence on youtube youtube.com forward slash elder scrolls otr is this show's youtube account you can also find our network's youtube account at youtube.com forward slash quest gaming network that is the only place you're going to find Totally Heroes, QGN's weekly video newscast starring our network's news director, Joe Bradford, and the QGN staff writers, Brian Armstrong and Shank Tank. $10 mentions. We offer a service. For $10, we will literally say anything you want us to say. Well, to an extent. Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hold oh, okay. on. Oh, now. That's right.
2: Dear <laughs> Diary.
0: So, if you want to tell your mom off in that special way... <laughs> No, I'm joking. If you want to shout out your guild or say something about a great website that you're doing, a new fan site or a blog or, or I don't know, fan fiction, whatever you got. It doesn't even have to be about Elder Scrolls, although we would love it to be. $10 is all you have to give us, and we'll whore you out like a dirty fiend. Now, where to, li- <laughs> where to listen to us? <laughs> iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Zoom, believe it or not. And you we can always get our RSS feed. On our websites, Elder Scrolls Off the Record and QuestGamingNetwork.com has our RSS feed. Just grab that up, shove it in your favorite RSS reader, podcast reader. We recommend Podkicker or RSS Demon off the Google Play Store. Again, don't forget about Minecraft Off the Record Live. It's on Sundays. It's at 7 p.m. It's Dave. It's Joe. It's whoever else Joe wants to put onto that, that show. Right there. Minecraft <laughs> off the record live Sunday, Sunday, Sundays at 7 p.m. And, Joe, what's Commodus? Our expansion to our MMORPG server.
1: We have yes. taken Minecraft and completely changed it to an MMORPG with a full story, questing, bosses, you name it. And s-
3: Minecraft off the record live. Yeah. No longer Minecraft. And that's uh, releasing this weekend, actually. Yeah, we're releasing it Sunday night at 7 p.m. There you go. Twitter.
0: You can find us on Twitter. If Twitter's your thing and you want to follow the show, you can do it at Elder Scrolls OTR. Uh, guys, we're not the developers. So if you, want to, if you want to tweet at the developers, don't use Elder Scrolls OTR. That's us. That's a podcast. It's just us. Because <laughs> uh, we get that every now and again. Uh, Joe is at the widget WIG. I-T. I'm Avarwin. You can reach me at Avarwin, E-V-A-R-W-Y-N. Lou, our lore master, the lore master on ice, is at GamerGuy11BGAMERGUY11, G-A-M-E-R-G-U-Y-1-1, B as in bravo, or B as in boy. Dave is at d Force. Force. And Shank is at Shank Tank. S-H-A-N-K-T-H-T-A-N-K. And if, uh, folks, if you're looking for savings on pumice stones, leave off that last E in, in Shank the Tank. You'll get your pumice stones. So that never gets Shank the Tank. tank. Well, maybe he does. But anyway, Hello Scrolls off
1: the record is a Quest Gaming Network production in association with Middle-earth Network. And I just want to say, foos for all you all,
0: next week. Take care, everyone. Be safe. May the foos be with you.
2: Good night everyone. Thank you all for being here. Hope to see you all again next week.
4: Who's out, y'all. See you next time. Shadow hide you dudes. Yo, you Barbecue ever take
3: a, chicken salad? It's you awesome. ever
4: you ever follow my the advice on my uh, the tweet that I sent you?
3: Um, if there's any one thing I've never done ever, it's follow advice you've sent me on a tweet. The uh, texture. Shank, do I have to remove you from the call tonight? Please do. <laughs> um,
5: I don't, I don't know if
2: you face. saw
3: Shank, <laughs> but uh, I also had to describe my butt tattoo to Varwin and his girlfriend today. I've heard Shank have a full conversation just out of guttural grunts and, and
1: Then that, that, that wave is like whoosh and I was like oh
4: just crashed and was like brosh. <laughs> an hour later hey you're live on Elder schools off the record who's this it's <laughs> Shag.
2: greetings <laughs>
0: <laughs> that'd be awesome and then like you put your phone on mute and you'd be like and then take your your microphone off mute and be like dude totally get rid of this chick and then you put your microphone on mute and unmute your phone and be like who is that ragamuffin who has sales to get rid of me? <laughs> <laughs> Luck is going
4: not bed. in his favor.
0: <laughs> no, it's
4: under it's under E. It's bare necessities. Dave showing his bare necessities.
5: <laughs> who sold